Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Jim Foster, a business and estate planning attorney in the Nashville area who's also a devoted follower of Jesus. Jim, it is an honor to have you here today. Thank you, Matt. I'm really pleased for the chance to chat with you a little bit. Yeah, I am excited because, you know, although we don't know each other well, we have been able to meet in person and initially met via Zoom through Heaven and Business, through that that prayer call that we have each week. And the thing that I love about you is not only that, that you love Jesus, but also You've got a pretty interesting story, you know, how you got into the current field that you're in and uh, kind of the path that you took to uh, to get here. So I'm excited for the conversation that the, the listeners are going to be able to hear today. Me too. It is, and it is an interesting story, at least from my standpoint. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think so. Take us back. You're currently an attorney, but you have not always been in this field Take us back to your younger days and kind of how you got into uh, the life that you're in now. Okay. Um, wow. It, it is a, an interesting path. I uh, grew up really thinking that I would either be a medical doctor or a professional musician and uh, just kind of followed both paths for a while. And in the end, I ended up going the route musician. I was a music theory major, graduated, went to Baylor for three years and then transferred up to North Texas State, as it was called at that time, graduated at that time, and uh, ended up uh, being a professional musician for roughly 20 years. And during that time was primarily uh, playing drums, was a sideman, but also during that time ended up doing some songwriting and some producing. So covered, covered a lot of ground. And um, there was a Big change in, in season, and uh, yeah, there I had a health scare in my late 30s, and I had a doctor uh, who, thank thank you Lord, he was wrong, but uh, he gave me 10 to 15 years to live, and um, I didn't accept that. But at the same time, it made me think, if he were right, would I be happy if I hadn't made any changes? And I had all kinds of other interests, and it's probably more detail that I can get into right here. But I'd always wanted to go back for some sort of advanced degree. I felt like there were lots of interesting things out there. And given my age, uh, I was in my 40s at the time. Um, there's really only so many years that I could ask my wife to indulge uh, going for an advanced degree. So uh, law school was a very high interest of mine, but it wasn't as much about like, Jim, thou shalt be a lawyer. I felt like law school was training for the second half of my life. And I loved the idea of being an attorney, but it was really as much about just trying to better myself, expand uh, you know, what I've learned, expand what I could do. And as it turns out, I ended up being an attorney with the, with the University of Tennessee, graduated in 2005. And um, it, on one level, seems a little bit like a whiplash going from professional musician to attorney. But there are really some, some connections between things that I loved about being a musician and the ways that I felt like the Lord had used me in the past and what I'm doing now. And the thread that goes between these two careers, and really the thing that's been kind of a re- recurring theme for me, has been just 
feel like the Lord has used me at different times as a counselor slash advisor. I remember even when I was in my early teens, people were coming to me for advice and I'm humbled that they did. I hope I didn't say anything stupid, uh, <laughs> but uh, there's been this, this uh, theme where I, I really love pulling alongside people and seeing if there aren't ways that I can be helpful. So the way that played out as a musician, you know, in the years that I was working as a producer, I'd be working with younger artists and it could be a one or two year process where we're working together, writing together and asking hard questions. You know, can you sing this? Do you even believe this? Um, and so I really loved being able to serve in that way and be, be in that way. And so that part of who I am also comes to bear in my role as an attorney. It's just a different toolbox, but I uh, love getting to walk alongside people and help them solve problems. So that that's kind of the connection. That's how I ended up. It's a real brief drive-by version. Yeah, well, that's great. And, you know, the thing that uh, I love about that story is, you know, you took the time to reflect on that diagnosis. You know, all right, this is what the doctors are saying. And, and while I don't accept it, uh, maybe I should really reevaluate where I am in life. And if it were my time sometime soon, would I be happy with what I'd accomplished this, you know, thus far in life? And, you know, the thing that everybody needs to realize is we've all got a terminal diagnosis. None of us know how long we're going to be on this planet. You know, it's just a matter of has it been pronounced? You know, you've got X number of days, months, years by a physician. Uh, but the great physician who is God almighty, you know, we've all got an expiration date. And so it is very important that without that diagnosis, we should all be reflecting on that and wondering, am I serving him to the best of my ability with the gifts and talents that he's placed in my life? So I love it that, that you did get that, um, you know, the, the diagnosis that ultimately made you say, you know what, I think that, that God's got something else for me here on this planet. And so as you started walking that out and, and again, you'd walked alongside people and given wise counsel prior, but, but as you shifted into this role, um, you know, what have you seen when you're able to have these conversations with godly wisdom uh, in legal conversations, you know, what does that look like when people have given you that open door? Yeah, I, I'm not sure I have a great answer for that because, you know, there's who I am in Christ. It just informs the way I try to live, the way I try to think. And so um, it's not, I'm, I'm often not aware of like, well, here's the most Christ-like answer I'm going to give. It's, I think it's it kind of flows out of, I hope, who I am. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very fallible, very flawed. So, I, you know, if the Lord uses me, then I'm, I'm delighted. And I'd, I'd like to think that you know, it affects the way that I think and the type of advice that I give. But there's also, you know, attorneys that are held to a fairly high ethical standard. So uh, I'd like to think in most instances, there's a pretty good alignment between uh, what would be Christian advice uh, as opposed to, you know, well, I'd like to think that that wouldn't necessarily veer very far from the legal advice. Or I think that the... Um, uh, maybe my faith. And one of the things I like about being a lawyer is I'm not just limited to giving legal advice. You know, we we get to assess uh, a broader situation and the extent that my clients are open to it. Uh, we can talk about the document and we can talk about 
how this might play out, but we can also talk about the dynamics between maybe it's another a business owner and a partner, or maybe an employment relationship that's gone south. And so I think I'm in a position, and this might be what you're driving at, Matt, um, because of my faith, there are certain areas that I feel like, you know, let's look at a bigger picture here. Uh, and it might affect the, the, the guidance or the uh, the goals that the client then shares with me. Or, so it, it plays out, but it's not necessarily, sometimes it's really subtle. Well, I definitely think that, you know, you're in a position uh, much like I am. And, and I think that, you know, someone's attorney, uh, someone's pastor, someone's doctor, and someone's financial planner or advisor, you know, where they really need to lay it all out on the table so that we can know all of the details in order to best advise or, or give wise counsel, uh, you know, a, a small detail that's left out of some sort of strategic planning could really make the whole plan go haywire. So I do think that being in those positions of trust, you know, yes, we do have industry standards, but, you know, as followers of Christ, I always tell people, they ask, are you a fiduciary? Well, you know, I'm holding myself to an even higher standard than that, because I know that one day I'm going to be held accountable to God Almighty. And, you know, so what could be hidden on this earth will be revealed in front of him one day. And so I do think that, um, you know, who we are in Christ should always be reflected in how we do things to the best of our ability, whatever field we're in. But uh, I do think that, you know, in the line of work that we're both in, when people come to us, you know, sometimes the Lord can give us things for people that, you know, they may not have gotten. And and I know a lot of attorneys and there are a lot of good people, but they don't hold themselves to uh, the highest standard in all aspects as far as, you know, Christ-like standards. I know some that love Jesus and I know some that, you know, they love the world. And there are differences in, you know, even from a, a character standpoint, you know, the, the standards that a follower of Christ should hold themselves to versus, you know, just a good person in, you know, the world. And, and I think that, you know, we're both called in, in any follower of Christ, we're called to the higher of the two. And, um, you know, so I think that, that if more followers of Christ were adhering to those things, no matter what their, their field is, then uh, we would see the marketplace look a lot differently. I mean, I'm sure that you've seen some unscrupulous business situations, as have I, uh, where you're dealing with worldly people that don't have the same lens that we're looking through. Yeah, that, that'll come up. And sometimes um, it can be inexperienced. Sometimes there are people who are just really not thinking right. But a lot of times it's inexperienced, or maybe it's folks who are maybe very good at thinking about the next two steps when really what they need to be thinking about is the next five steps. It's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> uh, what's going to happen here? What's the implication here? And so sometimes um, it's, it's easy for folks to be short-sighted, not, not, not think through. But you, like you, I'm, I'm sure I've seen the whole full spectrum. I've, I've been, um, maybe I'm just fortunate in the clients that I have, but um, I'm not having to deal with uh, much that I would consider unscrupulous. So, That's good. Okay. That's very good. Uh, you know, it it is uh, like Andy, our friend who leads Heaven in Business, has said numerous times. You know, there are a lot of things that are legal, but they're not necessarily right. And you know, so I, I do think that um, the more we hold ourselves out as 
who God's called us to be. That's who we're going to attract as clientele. So, you know, if you are wanting to work with people that have similar mindset and they know what you stand for and what you represent, then you should see a lot of, you know, similar behavior and, and a lot of similar, you know, synergy in those relationships. But, um, you know, it is interesting. Sometimes I know that I come across uh, some financial decisions that, that I have to go back to the person and say, is, is this really what you want to do? Uh, well, yeah, you know, it's, uh, this is uh, a company that I think could, you know, post a good return. Well, they, they can, but do you recognize the business that they're in? Mm-hmm. You know, do you recognize what you would be making money off of? You know, you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you know, would Jesus be okay with you making this decision? And sometimes they say, you know what, you're right. I shouldn't do this. Sometimes they say, yeah, do it anyway. And so that to me, even people that, that are supposed to be walking in the same walk that we're walking in, you know, sometimes it, it gets into those situations where, you know, iron sharpens iron and there's friction. And that's if we truly love people holding them to that same standard, sometimes it's not always easy. That's right. And I'm, I'm not, I'm responsible instances where I'm responsible to speak, but um, I can't control the client. And so it's my job to raise the questions, to make the recommendations. But uh, in the end, um, you know, they're autonomous <laughs> to do what they want to do. Right. I, I need to give it my best shot, but in the end, uh, I can't control what they're going to do. Yeah. I had a, um, a client in the office a couple of days ago and she was asking me about what she should do with a large sum of money. And, and I said, Hey, you know, I will give you wise counsel at the end of the day. It is ultimately your decision. And, you know, so I think that a lot of the things that you've outlined and a lot of the things that we have developed here could help you along the way, but, you know, ultimately you, you have free will. And that's the, one of the greatest gifts outside of grace that, that God gave us was free will. But at the same time, you know, I'm held accountable for what I control and you're held accountable for what you can control. And, you know, at the end of the day, we got to be comfortable with that. And it is um, sometimes it's hard when you give the wise counsel and they say, thank you, but uh, I appreciate it. I'm going to, I'm going to do something different though. So that, uh, that makes it challenging. So from that standpoint, have you always been the person that you are now, you know, as far as you know, before we started, you said, I'm somebody who is always wanting to say yes to Jesus. Have you always been that person or did something shift to make you become that person? It's, it's I think um, the Lord engages each of us in different ways. And um, I grew up in a Christian home and I gave my life to the Lord when I was five. And so I've I've not known a time where I was out, you know, debauched. And I mean, I've, I've made my share of mistakes and I've done some horrible things. But as far as, you know, the, the general state of my life, I've uh, grown up thinking of thinking of myself and understanding that I'm a believer. But I came to the Lord very young, and it's been a, a, a progression over a really, really, really long period of time. Um, What's interesting is it seems this could be maybe a blessing that came down through my parents, but uh, they tell me stories that even when I was two or three, um, maybe I'd done something wrong that day and I'd be going to sleep that night and I'd feel bad about it. 
And mom and dad would give me the opportunity to pray about it. And I would pray about it. And they said, Jim, we could see visibly the relief that you felt, that you felt forgiven. And so I think that there was something operative from an early age that even predates my saying, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. Um, so that's that's kind of been um, where I grew up. So uh, sometimes I envy people who have that black and white experience. This is, you know, Thursday I was doing all these things and all of a sudden there's this radical transformation. Um, but maybe it's, uh, I think it's no less miraculous, uh, the process that God takes son, even if it's a very small incremental. Stay tuned. We'll have more Living Life on Purpose after we hear from one of our sponsors. Are you a business person that's hungry for more of the Holy Spirit at work? Partnering with God is what you were designed for. Experiencing God at work and being a blessing to the city that you live in is accessible to every believer. Hearing from God for your business and city shouldn't feel mysterious or inaccessible. Heaven and Business exists to give you access to the tools and training you need to equip you to grow with God in business and influence. Begin with our free trial and an online membership, then explore the events, community, and other resources. Check out heavenandbusiness.com today if this is what you're looking for, and I promise you won't be disappointed. And now, back to Living Life on Purpose with your host, Matt Wilson. He is faithful, and you know, I, like you, was raised up in that Christian home, but I did have the debauchery that, that you were able to avoid. And you know, it, it is pretty crazy when you think about, man, I can't believe I used to behave this way. And now I, I wouldn't think of behaving this way now that I'm, you know, walking in, you know, the fullness of the Holy Spirit and are things that, you know, were exciting are now no longer exciting. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, I've, I've got a wife and two little girls and, and in explaining life and explaining faith and explaining, you know, my path versus their path, you know, there are conversations sometimes that we have that, you know, I've got to share things with them that, that I wish I didn't have to share, you know, yeah, and, yeah. you know, in, in order to explain, I'm like this today because I wasn't always like this. And so I do think that there is a uh, an incredible grace that the Lord has given, you know, somebody like you that that never had to walk down that path of of having to explain. Now, why did you act like this again? <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, especially with a preteen daughter, those conversations are you know becoming more frequent. And you know, so I'm just I'm thankful that I had the experience. For my own perspective, I'm thankful that I had the experiences that I did because I was able to truly understand how much grace God had for me while I was a sinner. You know, he still loved me. He still pursued me, but, you know, for their perspective and, you know, for some of the short stories that I've, I've shared with them, you know, I wish that they didn't have to even know that that part of my life existed because some of it is, it's not good. So I, I definitely think that, you know, knowing that at that young age and then walking in that for the remainder of your life is is extremely powerful. And that's a great example that, you know, you can share with your family and, you know, the generations to come. There's a blessing that is upon you that goes to those future generations of sidestepping, you know, some of those pitfalls of this world. So one of the things um, maybe you know, 
maybe a little more full disclosure, there are some things that I'm going to need to share with my sons because just because you're basically behaving doesn't mean that everything's okay. And um, for a, a much too large part of my life, I was a really judgmental, angry guy. And so there were heart postures. There were things inside and uh, kind of makes me wonder if uh, I wouldn't have been one of the people uh, when Jesus was uh, railing against the Pharisees, calling them whitewashed tombs. Uh, that might have been a description of me, even though I was saved. There are all kinds of attitudes and things that were not very Christ-like at all, even though I wasn't out raising hell on weekends, necessarily. And I think that the, the danger of that, in some ways, is even worse, uh, because by all appearances, you can be A-OK, but uh, inside there can be a fair amount of rot in certain areas. So there is a, a fair amount of well, uh, inner renovation that the Lord's needed to do, <laughs> although I was spared certain experiences there's been other work uh, that's needed to be done so when did that really shift when did you uh find the the fullness of his love and grace for you and other people it's it's been a a really slow really slow posture a really slow process sorry um there were just some things that the lord needed to fix and some of it was uh, maybe early 30s um where just god did some you know is, is a is a symbol. He does some heart surgery, uh, where sometimes he moves quickly and sometimes it's it's a gradual thing. But um, it's just kind of understanding that you know, Jim, there's some things we need to get in order here. And uh, that was uh, I'm sorry to say, relatively late. You know, I mean, it's now it's 30 years ago. But uh, how great would it have been to have that happen in my 20s, or maybe not need to happen at all? Um, but I think Lord uses our, um, our failures or successes, ways that ways that we've fallen short to maybe, uh, give us more compassion for other people. I feel like that's, that's how it worked with me. Well, it was January of 2016 when I fully surrendered to the Lord. So, you know, I think I was 36 years old at the time. I'm right there with you when it comes to, uh, being, slow in the, the things that the Lord was trying to teach me. Um, definitely had all kinds of issues prior to that. And, um, you know, again, the good thing is we both figured it out and he has shifted us and you've had 30 years of, of walking in it. I've had, you know, about seven and the radical transformation that he's done in me has you know been a positive influence on, you know, my family and, you know, it's it's been great to see the the ripple effect that it's caused in my home and in my business and in all aspects of life you know when we start to walk in you know what he's truly called us to walk in and you know so you've got a longer track record of that than i do but that's exciting you know nobody's ever too far gone and nobody is ever too late in the game to to recognize it you know i had a guy that uh he just shared testimony. I think it was this past week or the, the week before he went on a mission trip to Africa and he was talking about how he almost backed out. Things started getting crazy at work and, and he was really so hesitant, so much, you know, spiritual warfare in his home. And, and he ended up going on this mission trip and he got to witness to a hundred year old woman who had never accepted Jesus. And he ended up leading her to Christ at a hundred years old. 
And, you know, he just, he was reflecting as he shared the testament, like, what if I wouldn't have gone on that trip? You know, if if I was there for just that one person, you know, who had waited a hundred years, you know, would she have been reached? Because clearly, you know, nobody had gotten to her prior to that. So I just, I do think it's exciting when we realize that no matter who we're dealing with, no matter what stage of the game they're in, you know, they could be an infant or they could be on their deathbed, that there's always an opportunity to share what God's done in our lives mm-hmm. and see that difference in them if we're willing to, you know, share that testimony and uh, acknowledge that, you know, we haven't always had it figured out, still don't have it figured out, but, you know, there's always more for, for all of us. So that's exciting. So yeah, I'm really grateful. At, at this point in your life, you know, I think you said, what did you say is the second half that you were preparing for yeah. uh, with, with the legal career? So in the second half, you know, what does that look like as you're helping people plan for legacy? You're helping people plan for succession. You're helping people plan for if they're no longer in the picture. Uh, how does that help shape your life and, and how you interact with people? And, you know, what does that look like on a regular basis? Uh, you know, not, not every client meeting is going to be the same, but sometimes it's just a transaction. Jim, I need X and we deliver X and they shake my hand and go on their way. But sometimes uh, more things come up in the conversations and it's an opportunity to ask questions. Sometimes I'm fortunate enough to have um, longer term relationships with clients and maybe I'm at their house for their birthday or maybe, and it's in that, in that living together where we can, um, kind of keep an eye on the bigger, bigger goals. So I, I keep my ears open, uh, and not everybody is oriented in the same way, but, um, I really do think that as parents, as bosses, there's a legacy of peace that we can leave, uh, for family or maybe employees or, people who succeed you in your business. And so I'm looking for uh, opportunities where people can make those choices, um, where setting it up this way will resolve this set of issues. And so maybe you want to go in that direction. All these things kind of tie into who, who we are, who we're called to be, identity, and things that flow out of that. Being a part of the heaven and business community as we are, where you know, each week we get to hear testimonies literally from around the world via Zoom. What advice would you give to a business person that maybe they hear this conversation and they're hesitant about sharing their faith or they're hesitant about, you know, speaking a word that the Lord gives them or they're, they're hesitant about being fully who God's called them to be in the marketplace uh, given all of the track record and, and testimonies that we've heard for several years now, uh, what would you say to somebody like that? At its core, it's going to come down to, are you prepared to say yes when the Lord shows you things? So the Lord is kind and gracious. And you know, he said, come to me, my yoke is easy. And you know, I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> what all that looks like, but I know it's true. And so I would be, I would just encourage, you know, Set yourself in a posture to say yes and think about it on a daily basis. Don't worry about what will I do a week from now. It's like we have today and just pay attention, be, be present and commit. And, and basically, I, I, I try to pray this as like, Lord, this is like specific situations. 
show me how I can cooperate with you as you realize your plans uh, in a given situation or maybe in my son's life or something like that. And I think if you're coming into a situation with a desire to say yes to what the Lord shows you, you'll be amazed um, when, you know, and, and again, a lot of times he'll shine a light on it. It's like, hey, I want you to do this. And uh, it can be hard, but if you decide in advance that you're going to say yes to the things he shows you clearly, that'll make it easier. And I think that builds, there's a momentum that builds on that. And it's, it's, it's an adventure. It is an adventure, no doubt. Never a dull moment. <laughs> That's right. Hey, so what happened with the, the diagnosis that you got that originally gave you the, the scare? What ended up happening with that? I guess there's two answers. On one level, I don't know. Uh, because statistically, you know, I shouldn't be here. Um, it was a leukemia diagnosis, and uh, you know, we'll get into all the, the, the medical stuff of it. But essentially, I never had any like there's evidence in the blood that this is going on, but I, I've never had any symptoms, and I've never required a treatment. And the amount of time that it's been is, has been really unusual, and the way I've internalized is I believe the Lord's hand stayed with the pro- progression of that, that disease. I don't know how else to explain it because it's been over 25 years now. Actually, yeah, this year, this, this fall will be 25 years. And so um, I believe the Lord stopped the progression of it. My oncologist might argue with that. He might say, well, you're relatively young and this you got this diagnosis much earlier than most people do. but um, what I'm hearing from people who are in the, the medical profession is that this is this unusual. And so we <laughs> that's that's the way I'm living it. That's that's my understanding of it. Sounds to me like God's hands upon you and he has not taken it off. And so he's uh, just handling it for you, which is a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as painful as it was to get that diagnosis, yeah, it. It's, you get gobsmacked when you get that kind of news. Um, honestly, I mean, I'm not the only one to say things like that when you've had adversity, but um, I'm so grateful for the things that flowed out of that, that new mindset. Um, the idea that anything worth doing is probably worth doing now and not yeah. assuming that you got 30 years to do something. Um, and you can have that posture without living from a place of fear. It's just like, huh. This is worth it. Let's let's do it now. It's had implications for any number, uh, any number of things. But I'm I'm grateful for it, and I think uh, even I, I still get to do some music and I still get to play. But I'm I'm grateful for the push that this gave me. Uh, it wasn't that oh, it's horrible to be a musician. It was like I just felt like there was more of me, and then I was able to bring to bear in just that direction. And so this has given me some new opportunities. So um, the Lord used it. Nothing's wasted in his kingdom. And we know that he can work all things to the good for those who love him and called are called according to his purpose. And, you know, it, I went through a lot when I first, you know, started surrendering to the Lord, you know, started the process of 2015, fully surrendered 2016. I wouldn't change a single thing that I went through because it brought me to the feet of Jesus. And it brought me to a place of walking in purpose on a daily basis. It brought me to that place of intentionality. And, you know, so I agree, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're in the middle of the trial, you want to, you know, just say, hey, God, get me out of here. 
but sometimes it's him being with you in the middle of the trial and realizing how close he is in that peace that surpasses all understanding. If it took the trial to get you close to the father, then that is absolutely worth it. And, you know, so I would just encourage anybody out there that if you're going through a difficult season, you know, I'm not saying it's not real. You know, we've been in those challenging situations. Clearly our, our circumstances are different, but at the same time, you know, the, the good that can come out of those situations where you truly get tested, you truly get to find out what you're made of and whether, you know, you want to continue being the person that you were when it started, or if you want to turn into uh, the person that God ultimately created you to be, uh, I think it's always an opportunity. So I think that's great advice, Jim. Yeah. It's um, gratitude is a huge thing. And I think being given, however, however we think about it, uh, whether it's borrowed time or whatever, whatever, I am so appreciative. Uh, I am more appreciative of what I have and the time I have in my family. It's good. That is good. <laughs> right, so how can people find out more about Jim Foster website, social media? What does that look like? Yeah. So um, my, my law firm called James D. Foster, attorney at law. And uh, my is, is James D. Foster law.com. I'm easy to find on the internet and um, Facebook and don't do a whole lot with social media, but we're, we're there. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I know that this has been, I've enjoyed it and, and it's encouraged me. So I hope that it's encouraged all of you listeners out there. And, you know, obviously we want these stories of hope, these stories of encouragement to continue to get to other people. We know that we're living in a world that is broken and it is, you know, full of hopelessness. So the more people can get infused with hope, the better off this place is going to be until Jesus comes back. If you've liked this episode, please share this with your friends. Follow us on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, or on Instagram, Living Life on Purpose Always. We appreciate you listening, and we will catch you again in two weeks. <laughs>